Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah wassalatu wassalamu ala Rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Welcome everybody to the Safina Society Nothing But Facts live stream on another hot and sunny Wednesday in the great state of New Jersey which has repeatedly won the best state best place to live award uh, in the US News and World Report. Where I think what are we going on 4 or 5 years running? Because uh, could you move that lamp? Just touch it over a little bit. Just touch it a little. Just a touch over that. Way. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. So uh, we repeatedly have won that for the sake because we have an international airport. We have we're forty five minutes from two major cities, or we're bordering two. Ma- we Central Jersey is fifty minutes from two major cities, but uh, obviously those who are closer to the border. So we border two major cities: New York and Philly. We have beaches. We have Ivy League schools. We have the biggest state school. Rutgers University has surpassed Ohio State University as the biggest school. We have major highways going uh, right through. We have urban centers. We have suburbs. We got everything. We got mountain ranges for camps. Like we have mountain ranges, beaches, suburbs, and cities. So uh, the diversity in central Jersey is, is very high. South Jersey it's not really that diverse, right? So um, you could live where you want. You don't want diversity? Go to South Jersey, but you better be white. <laughs> uh, you want diversity? Come to Central Jersey. You want uh, to, to, it's actually, North Jersey is actually not that diverse in the sense of uh, the, diversity means there's an almost an equal representation of different ethnicities. Well, if you go to North Jersey, you can live in a little Palestine. You can live in a little uh, Hispanic area. So, like, it has pockets like that. That's North Jersey. Central Jersey is, like, almost perfect. North Brunswick and Middlesex County are statistically, I think I I read this, that it's the most diverse place in the country, meaning that it's, like, exactly 25% white, 25% black, 25% Hispanic, 25% other. Arabs, Chinese, Indians, right? Exactly 20. That's actual diversity where you can't pinpoint who is the most. You go to North Jersey, it has pockets of the opposite. You can have a a Palestinian area, a Hispanic area, a white area, black area, etc. So that's actually, it may seem diversity, but that's not actually what diversity is. So Main Street in Patterson is all Palestinian. That's not diversity. It's it's diverse in your eyes or in the larger picture, but as an area... That's not what diversity means. And, and by the way, why would diversity necessarily be considered, you know, the best? Sometimes you don't want diversity. Like, what's wrong with that, actually? If, as long as you're not hating and thinking you're superior to people, I don't necessarily feel that it's wrong that someone wants to be with a certain group. Like, that's, these are my people, I want to be with them. Like, I don't necessarily think that's wrong. What's wrong is you imagine yourself to be superior to other people. Or... Because of your desire to be with your own people, you mistreat other people by ignoring them, by not allowing them in, by pushing them away. So, I'm actually, I think that's the more open-minded perspective. Like, we always, diversity, diversity, diversity. Wait, wait a second, why? Why does it have to be that way? If I'm a guy who's an American, and I go to move to China for a job, and it's all expats, and we all speak like a broken Mandarin, Okay, I want to find myself some Americans and British Canadians and Australians to speak English with, right? I don't want to be with an expat from France 
who speaks broken French, uh, French and broken Chinese. And then an expat from uh, Brazil who speaks Portuguese and broken Chinese. I want to be with other English speakers. That's what gives me comfort. So I'm not all about uh, that diversity is the only virtue. It's a valuable and a virtuous thing, but it's not the only you know, way to be. Uh, so in any event, that aside, today is uh, the day for uh, current events. We did talk about the Muslim current events yesterday on uh, the, what's happening in Twitter. We did talk about it. I'm not, so I'm not going to talk about it again. If you want to talk about it again, uh, if you go back to, yes, go to yesterday's stream, Go towards the end, and you can hear my advice really to myself and everybody else. And the way I try to look at it is not to pass a judgment on anybody, but to see what can be learned from it. All right. So that was what we talked about. And if you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about uh, Soheb Webb and Daniel Hakikachu's debate that happened. And everyone watched it. Uh, and everyone, you know, a lot of people watched it, I should say. And people have different views on it. But the, the question is, since it's out there, what can we learn from it? That's the key. It doesn't make a difference what we think happened about this person or that person. How does that affect us? It's not practical. The practical approach is how can I benefit from this thing in, in, in my dean and my understanding, etc. That's that's, and that's the perspective that I took on that. So you can go and watch that. There's no need to repeat it here. It was from yesterday's stream probably an hour and a half into the stream. All right, let us now go to the news. And the first piece of news is the Muslim travel ban. All right, let's read Trump. Of course, you know, he's all talk, right? But he did have a travel ban. And secondly, uh, I, can't, I get that it's upsetting for relatives. Someone's here and he wants to bring his mom or he needs to bring his mom. I get that, right? Yet at the same time, um, I'm not exactly like, I don't consider it a right. I don't believe it's a right, a human right or an Islamic right for you to be able to migrate to another country, right? If, if people run a country and their administrators and governments that run a country and they stop you from entering in, yeah, it may be a sad thing, but it's not like your right has been, it's not your haq, neither by sharia, neither, nor by reason, nor by anything. Is no one's right. So if it happens, it happens, right? And, but it's bad for those who, who as we said, uh, are trying to bring their family over. They need to take care of their family, things like that. And, of course, the intent. His intent is to, to rile up his base against Muslims. He doesn't realize he's not up to date, I don't think. He doesn't realize that a lot of the right now have a little bit of a different stance towards Muslims. And they don't want to antagonize Muslims as much as they... It's not that they like Muslims, but they don't want to antagonize Muslims and use them as a punching bag as much as before. Because they realized they, do have, they can use the Muslims and benefit from the Muslims for, uh, when it comes to uh, the anti-woke stuff. It's not that the right is your friend, but they're, they, they're, they've taken their foot off the pedal a little bit. right? So we, I don't think he's up to date on that. Hey, uh, Omar, how did you get all your pictures blurred here? What's it called again? Oh, okay. And and what's the level of blur? Oh, you can... Nice. Okay, so it says, so you can uh, increase the blur or decrease the blur. You can make it all grayscale. You can make it... Um, what's BG images? All right. 
Okay. Background image. Videos. What's iframe? What's an iframe? I don't know. Okay. Is it GIF or GIF? I said, uh, huh? What do you say, GIF? Or? Technically, it's GIF, but I've always said GIF. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a GIF because it's generated, right? First, word, the G stands for generated. All right. The culture war raging throughout American politics has of late created an unexpected alliance. See, this is what I'm talking about. Unexpected alliance. I don't know if it's alliance, but it just happens to be. That's, that's how I would put it. Between the Republican Party and some conservative Muslim Americans. Once derided as terrorist fifth columns, a growing number of Muslims have joined the GOP base in protests uh, of opposite, opposing sex and gender education programs in public schools, with many even featured sympathetically on outlets like Fox News. Okay. Hold on, Isra has a correction. It's not generated. It's graphic image file, so it's GIF. It is graphic. It's not generated image files. It's graphic image files. All right, so thank you, Isra. It's GIF. Yeah. But Isra says it's still GIF. Oh, okay. Really? Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. But as an Egyptian, I'm going to say GIF. <laughs> Okay, the shift represents a stark contrast with the hostile relations between Republicans and Muslims over the past two decades, as well as the integration of many younger Muslim Americans into progressive politics. The GOP's outreach, reported on recently by Simofer and other outlets, also comes at a moment when current Republican presidential forerunners tripling down. Oh, that's a new term, tripling down on the most directly anti-Muslim government policy in U.S. history, the so-called Muslim ban. At a campaign speech in Iowa last Friday, President, former President Donald Trump promised that he would bring back the controversial policy. When I return the office, to office, the travel ban is coming back even bigger than before and much stronger than before. The notion of a ban was first introduced by Trump in 2016, and he was going down at that time. For some reason, he, like, he had nothing to talk about, no, nothing dramatic. And he came up with this, and then he never went down again. Until he hit the, uh, that, that, um, that scandal. That, you know, that scandal, that um, audio tape that they found of him saying like really lewd things. Then that was like, everyone thought that was done. He was done before. And but it was it was there were like three weeks left or something like that. And he and people started to other things started to happen. And and then right before the election, Hillary got slammed with some kind of files of her corruption. And that, I think, uh, balanced things out. And then, of course, Trump uh, won in a landslide. OK, after he was elected. He instated a ban targeting travelers from seven Muslim-majority countries, prompting chaos in airports and inside the government. Later, the Trump administration began referring to the policy more antiseptically as a travel ban, modifying it to include restrictions on some non-Muslim countries like Venezuela and North Korea. Yet in his speech in Iowa last weekend, he made very clear that the target would be Muslims, conflating Islam with terrorism and extremism. Under the Trump administration, we impose extreme vetting and put on a powerful travel ban to keep radical Islamic terrorists and jihadists out of our country. I think the jihadists are out of business, personally. Trump's statement, have you seen them? I haven't seen them 
They're out of business, bro. You're, they're out of business. You guys haven't done anything in a long time. We're supposed to be worried about you, right? Like, what have they done? You haven't even gotten news. You got no traction. Yeah. They're 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 done with. They're out of business. Cover this up here. No, it's good. It's perfect. Yeah, it's perfect. All right. The statement highlights, uh, Trump's statements highlight an awkward contradiction. On one hand, some Muslim Americans bound by a shared commitment to conservative social values are enjoying a period of warm relations with the Republican Party and conservative activists who share their opposition to LGBTQ education in schools. At the same time, the wildly popular leading Republican presidential candidate and the center of gravity in the party is publicly vowing to revive a policy aimed at curtailing the presence of Muslims in the U.S. entirely. This will be a challenging moment for the Muslim community, but I do believe that the issue of LGBT in schools will become a wedge issue. Okay. Said Ani Zanaveld, president of Muslims for Progressive Values. Oh, why, are you, why are you citing interviewing this guy? Okay, Muslims for progressive values. Regressive. They're progressive if you have a serious inferiority complex towards liberals. If you have that disease, then this guy is a progressive because he holds that the closer you are to liberals, the greater the progress. The foundation of that ideology is that liberalism is something that we should look up to and liberals are people we want to be like and we want them to smile at us and love us on a state and local level many conservative muslim voters will likely vote for candidates who are anti-lgb which will mean republicans okay but on a national level the same people may choose a democrat in one sign of warming relations between Muslims and the Republican Party, major Islamic civil rights organizations have spoken out in support of the recent GOP support protests aimed at letting parents opt their children out of LGB reading in schools. The Council on American Islamic Relations has been among the most vocal, collecting hundreds of signatures to demand that parents be allowed to remove their children from gender and sex-based courses. Okay. Care has been a favorite target of the Republican Party and conservative activists over the past two decades, with the group being labeled as a front for terrorism. On this issue, however, they find themselves aligned. Even, they even applauded CARE. Okay? In a statement to The Intercept, CARE said its position reflects agnosticism toward the partisan divide in American politics. Okay? CARE defends the rights of Americans to live according to their sincerely held beliefs. Okay? We decide our policy based on principle, not party. Do I need to read more or do you all get the picture? There doesn't seem to be much more except filling in the word count for the article. Halas, right? Yeah, they filled in the word count for the article. That's all I need. Yeah, the, the guy said uh, fill in a thousand words because the article has to be long enough to fill in two breaks with ads. That's, I figured it out. I think that's what it is. The article has to be long enough. You need to scroll for about three minutes to be able to have like ads throughout hey go back to that video what's going on in france go back to that what in the world Ooh, it's still happening out there listen let me let me put it this way because some people think that i um they, they misunderstand things whenever a european 
is seething about the presence of Muslims in their country. I always want to remind them, don't blame the Muslims. Blame your own forefathers because this is what is the result of your colonization. Is that people hate Europe. Yet at the same time, you allowed them in because one of your generations was guilt, felt guilty from post-colonialism or from colonialism. At the same time, some of your economists said, hold on a second. Hey, we don't have enough workers. We don't have enough people to support uh, certain industries. We need these workers. So that's the second reason. So you, your predecessors let them in. So don't come and look at these poor Bengali taxi driver or a uh, Senegalese who's, or an Algerian who's collecting garbage in France and be upset. You guys let them in. That's the first thing. Second, second thing, okay? We as Muslims, however, shall not and should not, okay, go the resentment route and the desire to destroy route. We as Muslims here should be. Hold on a second. You pause that because I want to watch what you guys are laughing at. I don't even know if this is real. Is this graphic generated? Okay, guys, I'm going to finish my point. Then you're going to share your screen. Start sharing the screen because I got to see this. This is just hilarious. Okay. Yes. Uh, So, uh, because Omar has something crazy that he discovered. Uh, We as Muslims should come to realize this is Allah's hikmah causing the Muslims to come into the country, these countries, to give guidance, not to seek revenge and resentment and hatred. That's not the way of Islam, and it's not the way that's going to benefit anybody. Neither is going to benefit you either. Resentment is terrible for your heart, and I get it when I see people, just because I understand something does not mean it's valid. I understand that a French, uh, uh, Algerian guy said, you guys, do you know what you did to our country? I'm moving into France and I'm going to mess up this country. I understand the reason, but that doesn't mean make it justified. I sympathize with all the hatred that you have for them and I understand it. Then they have killed your family and relatives. Okay, and destroyed your country for 130 years. I understand all that. However, we have guidance in our religion. We have a person has to overcome the resentment and realize this is a great wisdom, okay, that Allah has put us in these countries to give guidance, and that is far superior than revenge. Because if you get revenge on a country and you destroy that country, aren't you destroying yourself too? Because that's your country too, right? Like you live in it too. So if I have, if I hate. England, I live in England and I hate it because of what they did to India and I trash it and I do it but I also live there too so how does this make any sense? So uh, it's just not the way so there's a big difference between the message for non-Muslims who are seething when they see all these brown Muslims in their country and the message to the Muslims themselves it's a different message Okay. so they shouldn't be conflated All right, Omar what in the world are we looking at here? Uh, re- read me the thing. It says what? Uh, in France, animals were released by rioters from the zoo and are now roaming the streets. Are you kidding? And he, Omar is going to show you this insane video. Wow. Look at this video. Are you kidding? Put the volume on. I don't know. I haven't heard what this 
Ah, okay. Look at these. A zebra. A rhino walking in the Champs-Élysées or whatever it's called. An elephant just walking in. Oh, that's scary. Has anyone been hurt by this stuff? Look at that goat. A ram. A goose. A swan. What is that? A A wolf. A gorilla. Oh, my! look at that gorilla. Two, three gorillas. Peacock. I can't believe this. I got to find a camel. There you go. Oh, a llama. And those are ostriches just running down the highway. Who's that? A bull? Uh, uh, A longhorn bull? That's amazing. I got to look that up. French Zoo. French Zoo Riot Animal Released. Okay. Okay, let's look here. It's a compiled video of unrelated footage showing animals roaming city streets. It is being reported that in the French riots, numerous zoo animals have been released. However... These videos are old. The clip of a zebra, for example, was uh, occurred in 2020. Yeah. Lions walking um, was also from 2020. But, but where? Yeah, no, too bad. Um, the elephant video could not be identified online uh, Matthew Decombe a communication officer for Parc Zoologique uh, de Paris said in a July 4th email that the institution is aware of the video these images accompanied by misleading information were filmed during inst- see why do these people have to go and fact check and ruin all the fun Okay, uh, were filmed during incidents that took place several years ago in France or abroad Okay, but the animals did not come from our zoo. Uh, fact checkers got to ruin all the fun. Okay, so the verdict, false. No evidence that the Paris Zoo animals were released during the riot. Okay. I know, some of it. Yeah. The people are worse than the animals, yeah. You're right about that. The... Look at look what they look at the cops are struggling. Yeah, you hear about this uh, guy who uh, took a pulled a gun on his teacher. Yeah, in France, he pulled a gun on his teacher. Not an Algerian or a Muslim or anything, but but I think it was empty anyway. So. And well, the, whenever the riots begin, you get people come out that they want to get themselves a TV, right? They want to get a... Uh, yeah, like, to get themselves some technology and they go out and steal stuff. Next piece of news in the Ummah is Sweden. Sweden... Um, 
is a is is a country that is all about now supporting the Quran burning. All right. So Sweden is, I guess, going the route of the of the France of uh, of Scandinavia in their intent to injure the um, and incite the feelings of Muslims. Maybe to get them. Well, they, I asked the question: Are you going to get the Muslims out of your country? No, you're not going to expel all the Muslims. The Muslim percentage of Muslims in your country will just increase because you yourselves, the Swedish, your birth rates are low. The Muslim birth rates are high. Um, what is the value of inciting their hatred towards you? You're hurting yourself, nobody else. Okay, so it's just pragmatically, it's not smart to do. Either get them out of your country, or let make them lull them into happiness. But to incite them like this is not going to get you anywhere, because Islam is a religion that if the believers once they're once someone has a seed of belief, the more you push, the stronger he gets, and if you leave him alone. He advances. The only solution towards Muslims, okay, the only solution towards Muslims is to distract them with entertainment, to make them rich, distract them with entertainment, and make them not want to lose their, make them love the dunya, and make them sleepy, right, when it comes to their deen. But you attack them, you make them stronger in your deen. And if they resist your distraction, if they have shiuch and imams who are able to teach them to resist distraction and advance in the deen, then if you leave them alone, they spread. Simple as that. Why don't you uh, put that footage up while I read the story here? Yeah. Okay, good. Just move me over a little bit. All right, so the Pakistani-sponsored resolution was passed on the UN Human Rights Council. All right. The resolution states that it is offensive, disrespectful, a clear act of provocation, and a manifestation of religious hatred to deliberately and publicly burn the Holy Quran or any other holy book. Okay. The resolution was adopted with 28 countries voting in favor and 12 against, and seven countries abstaining. Countries that voted in favor are Algeria, Argentina, Bangladesh, Bolivia, Cameroon, China, the only country here that's really powerful so far. Ivory Coast, Cuba, Eritrea, Gabon, Gambia, India, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Malawi, Malaysia, Maldives, Morocco, Pakistan, Qatar, Senegal, Somalia, South Africa, Sudan, Ukraine, UAE, Uzbekistan, Vietnam. Who were against the resolution? Belgium, Costa Rica, Czech Republic, Finland, France, Germany, Lithuania, Luxembourg, Montenegro, Romania, US and UK. Basically, all white or European-based nations minus Costa Rica. What's Costa Rica doing there? Are you getting a favor in response or something? You're getting like an aid package back? What are your, it's your business uh, uh, going with them? You're getting an aid pa- package from like France or something? Okay. The U.S. and European Union said the resolution conflicts with their positions on human rights, freedom of expression. Freedom of expression or freedom of incitement. What is your value of inciting, okay, these people? So Mini Star says that I think Sweden is getting back at Turkey for not allowing them to join NATO. Okay. 
We know from experience that attempting to ban such expression actually usually amplifies it further by bringing even more attention to it. Said Rashad Hossein, the U.S. ambassador at large for international religious freedom. Okay, and he is in opposition to this. So go and renew your shahada. Such laws also fail to address the underlying causes of bigotry, he said. Reinvigorate education and interfaith intercultural dialogue to confront the hate speech. Okay, you need to reinvigorate and go reassess your values and beliefs and where you get your law from in life. However, Michael Taylor, the U.S. ambassador to the council, said the U.S. strongly condemns the acts. Subhanallah, we got the Muslim is against the law or the, 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 the whatever it's called. Okay, the, um, what do they call these things? The resolution. Okay, this is like model United Nations over here. So <laughs> the Muslim is against the resolution. And you got a non-Muslim here, Michael Taylor, condemns the acts okay and he condemned the desecration of the quran that happened on june 28th it's almost like in scotland the non-muslim uh candidate stood by her beliefs the muslim uh, when it comes to lgb the muslim candidate supported the lgb what's going on after the vote, Ambassador Khalil Hashmi insisted the measure does not seek to curtail the right to free speech, but it seeks to strike a prudent balance between duties and responsibilities and incitement. There's a big difference between speech and incitement. If we can't get that and you don't understand that, then we're being, you know, um, acting dumb because it's a very obvious and clear difference between speech and incitement. Someone could write a whole uh, uh, book on why they believe in their religion and know, and believe the other religions are wrong. A Muslim himself is not going to consider that incitement. That's just your belief. It happens every day, every Sunday at church. Fortunately for us, nobody goes to church pretty much anymore. But it happens every day, I'm sure, every week at church. That Why is the Trinity right and everything else is wrong? We do the same at Jummah. Nobody considers that incitement. Opposition of a few in the room has emanated from their unwillingness to condemn the public desecration of a religious book. They lack political, legal, and moral courage. Okay. Addressing Human Rights Council yesterday, Volker Turk. This is what happens and the embarrassment. and Not embarrassment. It's just the frustration when you're weak. Right? And we're weak. Muslims are weak. We have no... لا تلوموني ولومو أنفسكم. You know how... A cursed shaitan is. So when Allah quotes him in the Quran, you bet you know that that is a really sound statement that he said. He is uh, a liar, yet sometimes his utterance is haq. That's how what we say about when Iblis tells the truth. Because the Prophet said, Sadaqaka wa huwa kathub. He said the tr- a true word here to you, but he's a liar. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cites Iblis. On Yom al-Qiyamah, they say Iblis made us do it. Iblis says, "What? Don't blame me. Blame yourselves. I just whispered to you. I didn't make you do anything. I just whispered to you. Is there a law against whispering? Uh, so he says here that 
uh, and that, and that's the result of our weakness. Don't blame anybody. You're weak. This is the frust. Be frustrated. That's the result of when you're weak. You don't want to be weak. Put in the extra hours. Put in the work. Right. And Allah will open your doors to maybe one day we, we won't, we'll see uh, what life feels like when you're not weak and get pushed around to get your book burned like this. And then wondering why the enemies forget not voting for this, the United States and the UK. The United States and UK traveled halfway across the world to blow your brains out in Afghanistan and Iraq. So we're going to be surprised by this. So. Let's play the video. This should be an annual event and then a monthly event. Quarterly event, then a monthly event. Group that could recite the Quran in public like that. Just go there. 45 minute event. Right? Recite Fatiha, Ayat al Kursi, last three ayahs of Baqarah, last few, three ayahs of Surah al Hashr, Wird, last three ayahs, Surahs of the Quls. Someone give a short speech and just this is good, right? Look what the the result of it was a public recitation, right? More public recitations the better. Okay, that's it. Do it. Forget the protest. What protest? Keep that's the protest right there. You're right. For what protest? What are you going to say? Stop burning the Quran. That's. <laughs> I always find these statements to be silly. Right, these chants to be so who are you yelling at, right? Because who you're yelling at? Are you yelling at the opposition? So you've placed the opposition at the center of your attention. No. Turn your affair to Allah. Yeah. Let's now take this. Just like next year, next June, inshallah, we're gonna have that celebration. Um celebration of virtue. Right? And let me talk about this because this is also Muslim news. Uh celebration of virtue. We're going to do it next June. It's too late this year. But we're going to do it next June. We're going to celebrate. Look at, look at what, what's happening here. Let me read you this. Hayat Day Parade. Modesty Day. In Toronto. Mississauga, July 15th. What's today? What's today? Okay, so we know it didn't happen yet. I guess it's this weekend. It is a march okay, against gender confusion and sexual disorientation. Well, they shouldn't do that. 
don't be against, be for. What are you supporting, right? Of course, you can say what you're against, but the main thing is what you are for, okay? And then within that, you can, you have to say what you're against. We can't not say what we're against. Several organizations have come together to organize the Hayat Day parade in Mississauga. Not a good name because no non-Muslim knows what that means. Yeah, we, when we do it, it's going to be the celebration of virtue. Or celebrating virtue, either way, right? And it's going to be in July 15th. Participants calling all Islamic Center and mosques and organizations of Ontario and all other faith groups, pro-family, pro-life. It's going to be in Celebration Square in Mississauga. All right, families, parents, grandparents, men, women, youth, children are encouraged to participate while dressed modestly. You know what they should have? They should have booth. They should have picture banners showing where whole families take pictures because that's going to be one of the difference between us and the other side. The woke will never, ever have a picture of 5, 10, 20, 30 people all biologically connected. They, they'll never have that. We have pictures, and I'm, every family does this, but anytime we get a chance, we, ha- we used to have, of course, some of them passed away, but great-grandma, grandma, mom, daughter. Four generations. This is something you, this, this is unique, right? It's not something that uh, unique to, to this way of living. That way of living will never produce that. And now you know some people, they're going to say, oh, you're being too much, you're extra. Well, this is what we believe in, right? Here's the thing. Women in Islam should wear hijab or niqab, bring banners, placards, paperboards. I'm telling you, dhikrillah. Not chance of whatever. This is what we are highlighting, that relationships are only between a man and a woman. Sex is after marriage. Marriage is between Adam and Eve. God created males and females. Okay. Girls, I am a girl. Boys, I am a boy. Placards, hijab stuff. Haya and hijab are our pride. We reject gender confusion. Stop indoctrinating. Stop this. Stop that. Okay. Uh, stop bullying parents. Don't deprive parents. Don't sep- separating children from family destroy society. All that stuff. And you can email hayatdayparade at gmail.com. Cell 473-345-4481. Twitter at Islamic Ontario. You can join their WhatsApp. I want to join their WhatsApp group. Just to see what's going on because we're going to learn. Uh, if you want to be part of this, you can go to the Islamic Party of Canada um, and go to sign your organization's name there. Hayat is a comprehensive word and it gives you, it talks about modesty, etc., uh, they have a website, asira.com slash Parade. Okay, there's a WhatsApp group. Or I'm going to join the WhatsApp group. Is there stuff yeah. Maybe Maybe the organizers got the inspiration from there. So let me send this to the brother that we want to do this for. So who, are you organizing the, the I'm not going to organize it. Just come up with the idea. But someone else who's good at organizing should organize it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Modesty is part of it, but like. Yeah, it really should be centered on family values more than anything else because, and it's like, well, what is what do people enjoy about their family, right? You got to focus on what makes people happy about their family because a lot of people have messed up families. They don't like family. It's, it's the truth. A lot of people have messed up family. Huh? It attracts people. Yeah. No, no, modesty is not something that gets you pumped and excited, yeah. right? It's got to be something that, that gets you happy and excited, right? There's also a statement here from Putin. Uh, you saw, like, what did Putin say? So, uh, with the whole Quran burning stuff. Yeah, what did he say? Statement that, you know, whoever burns the Quran in Russia is going to get a sentence. All right, let's read this. Whoever burns the Quran in Russia... By the way, why are we, we are, we are, um, okay, whoever burns the Quran in Russia will get a um, prison sentence, said Putin. He was quoted saying they will serve their sentences as stated by the Prime Minister of Justice in places of deprivation of liberty located in one of the regions of Russia with the prominently Muslim population. You're going to go to jail with Muslims if you do this. You're basically saying you're going to get beat up in jail. Okay, we're not going to do anything except jail you, but you will get beat up in jail. In places of deprivation of liberty. <laughs> oh, man. Then, uh, okay, so that was, that's Putin on the issue. Okay. I think someone uh, tried it in Russia. Yeah. But they weren't having, like, they weren't having that. That's a good policy, right? Good yeah, policy. Chechenia. This guy's in trial, on trial. All right, let's now go to another piece of news. How's our Instagram? Do we have any comments on the Instagram so far? Okay. Let's now turn to another piece of news. Srebrenica, Bosnia. Jews and Muslims came together on Monday. Why did they come together? Um, for the 28th anniversary of the Srebrenica massacre, Europe's only acknowledged genocide since the Holocaust. More than 8,000 Bosnians, mainly Muslims, men and boys, were killed in the July 1995 Srebrenica, in Srebrenica after Bosnian Serb troops took hold of the eastern town. The current, why are they saying Bosnian Serb, Serbs? The carnage has been declared a genocide by two UN courts. Okay. They have come together to talk about ways of using their shared pain to help rid the world of hate and bigotry. It is absolutely critical for the future of both Jewish people and the Muslim Bosniak people for us to join forces in the remembrance in order to make sure these types of atrocities not be allowed to occur in the future. Okay. The World Jewish Congress was founded in 1936, WJC. Okay. It's a leading international organization connecting and protecting the Jew Jewish community globally. Rosensofts was leading a delegation of Jewish scholars and young diplomats attending a conference co-organized by the WJC. Okay. And the Srebrenica Memorial Center in preserving the collective memory of the genocide. The day-long conference held in Srebrenica as part of this year's commemoration ceremonies served as a forum for the two communities to talk about living with the pain of being victims. I have a question. Do we want to go the route of how the Jews handle things? 
do we want to go the route of remembering things all the time? Is that something that is our way? I'm not saying one way or the other, but I'm saying if a terrible thing happened to me, I wouldn't actually necessarily want to remember it all the time. I would want to convert the experience into something that, like, what's the lesson learned? Let's say I got robbed, right? And I had a terrible incident in my home. My love protect everyone here. But I got robbed. You know, people were taped to chairs. TVs were stolen. People were punched. And it was a terrible night, right? Just like we see in the movies. Do I want to now remember that and go through the emotional muhan, go through the emotional, uh, you know, blender every year, or do I want to say, okay, let's 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 look here. Why did this happen? Because we weren't safe. We we didn't secure the property. We didn't have. We weren't armed. We weren't ready. So now let's get ready. And then every year from then on to have an event or to have, you know, a time to think about what are the best ways to get ready to avoid this for ourselves and others. That's the way that it should be, I think. But to go back and now relive the horrors, what do I benefit from that? Like, why though? Why? Like, I don't understand. And so do we want to go that route? Are, are the Jews, here's a question, are in what has made... Jewish folks, the example of how to cope. I'm not saying they are or aren't. I'm not making a judgment. I'm just asking what is the standard that would render a group of people examples? You're a good example of how to cope of, or of how to react to a bad thing happening. That's all I'm, I'm asking. What is the standard so I should know to look up to you or not to look up to you? Okay. That's my question. said that they still remember because they're still finding bodies uh, to this day. Mm. It, where Serbrenica? Oh, yeah. So uh, I'm not saying that all the, these folks here have any malintent. I'm sure they have a great intention, right? And I appreciate their consideration of Serbrenica as Muslim brothers of ours. And of course, the Bosnians know best how to handle their situation. But I'm just asking, you know, what I think is a fair question. If we as Jews and as Muslims understand that we are also joined by that pain, we can build on that constructively. Okay, that's good. I agree with that. Build on it constructively to fo- also forge the world beyond suffering in which genocide becomes unimaginable. Okay, I agree with that. He's the son of two Jewish survivors of Auschwitz and uh, Bergen-Belsen Nazi concentration camps. Okay, so I agree with that statement, actually. Srebrenica massacre was bloody crescendo of Bosnia's 1995, uh, 92-95 war which came after the break of Yugoslavia and unleashed nationalistic passions and ter- territorial ambitions that set the Bosnian Serbs against the country's two other main ethnic population, Croats and Bosniaks. In July 1995, Bosnian Serbs overran. Why are they saying Bosnian Serbs? This is new to me. Why would they say Bosnian Serbs? It's just Serbs. They overran a UN-protected safe haven in Trebrenica. They separated Muslims, men and boys, from their wives, chased them through the woods, ill-fated, around the ill-fated town, and slaughtered them. Their bodies were hastily made and thrown into mass graves. Terrible, terrible, terrible. SubhanAllah. Serb leaders in Bosnia 
neighboring uh, Serbia continue to deny genocide happened. But they're still finding bodies until today. For example, on Tuesday, the remains of 30 more people were laid to rest. Okay. All right, so that is that piece of news. Okay. Next, Hindu man urinates on a boy. India has bulldozed his home. We all saw that footage, piece of footage, and if you didn't, you could see it all over Twitter. But this is hilarious, sort of, kind of, sort of. But um, India now, when you do something bad, they bulldoze your home? (laughs) Are they the first country to do this? I mean, I thought calling for lashes was one thing. Bulldozing homes? The suspect, he's not even found guilty. Well, of course he's guilty. The video is right there. But his home was demolished. So what did they do? They went and they dug into his home and they found he hadn't done permits. He hadn't had permits for some of his, the construction to bulldoze his home. Okay. While the incident captured in video allegedly occurred a year ago, the man, this happened a long time ago, identified by police as Pravesh Shukla. He was arrested and charged Tuesday for the obscene act. Okay. And he could be jailed for two years. As soon as we learned of this video that went viral, the police took action. Look, I mean, we always say bad things about India, but this case is good. Yes, get the, prepare that video so we can watch. If you don't know what we're talking about, there a video went around about a guy, middle of the night, he smoking a cigarette and urinating. In the video, you only see it from an angle. You just see the urine coming out. And it seems to be a youth or a young man sitting there in a submissive manner being urinated upon by this guy. And it just caused an uproar. And it's another example of how... You get the whole video. Get the urination video, too, so people could see it. you got to see how bad it is. Um, Another example of how social media and the people impact... um, how they impact uh, the judicial system in a good way. Okay. Of course, India started destroying Muslim homes, but I guess now to, so that they don't don't be treated as uh, or looked at as bigots, they now also destroy uh, Hindu homes. Okay. But it's just a strange and unique way of handling justice. Destroy the guy's home. But wait a second, isn't the guy, what about if he has relatives in that home? How is that fair to them? All right. On Twitter, the government said the victim would receive $6,000, which is 500,000 rupees in compensation, and 150,000 rupees, $1,800 to build a home. Yeah, put that up. Put that video up. This one? Yeah. Yeah, put it up. Okay, you ha- you're going to about to see about a 12-year-old. I think he was older. Older than that. 
What? Okay. We'll find out how old he was. All right. So, but they're they're really trying to make it up for him because there are Hindus who are um, against this caste system, and those are, I guess, the progressive Hindus. And then you have Hindus who are for the caste system. They marched for the guy, which they're calling P Gate. And a Hindu priest said, what is the big deal to be urinated upon? Like, what's the big deal? That's literally, that's, it's all there. Not make, you, you sound like, it sounds like you're making this stuff up, but you're not. It's the truth. Where? He got urinated on? Like, what is the value of that? Like, why do that? Like, I understand that you believe you're superior, but why urinate on them? Yeah. Huh? I don't think people want to see the video. Okay. I, um, hey, let, why don't we take a poll? Hey, people, do you want to see the video or not? They could search it, I think. Huh? They could search it. I'll, I'm going to try to look for a uh, blurred one, maybe. It doesn't show any, like, obviously. But yeah, you're not going to see the guy's body. You're just going to see him. So the um, the reason they're saying Bosnian Serbs is that there are Serbs in Bosnia too. There are Serbs who live in Bosnia. That's why they're called Bosnian Serbs. And they sided with the Serbs, of course, their people. There are Serbs who lived in Bosnia. That's why they're called Bosnian Serbs. Okay. So this guy, they um, are arrested this guy. And the uh, government is all against this, of course, because it's embarrassing to them. And, and maybe they genuinely disbelieve in, the, in this uh, caste system thing. Okay. And they bulldoze his home. Okay. All right. So that's that piece of news. What's that? Yeah, let's see the bulldozing at least. All right, Omar's uh, pulling up this, uh, the actual bulldozing of the dude's home. And here it is. That's what I'm thinking is like, it's, how does it make sense for the people who are living there? Like the innocent family members. Yeah. Yeah. You got to get this government some new machines. They don't even have good machines. That poor thing needs some oil. All right, so there, they ha there you have it. Indian Times video, India Today video desk showing us the destruction of this man's house, and uh, okay. All right, what else is in the news for Muslims? Okay.
World Muslim League. I don't know what they're on and who's paying them because their chief, Al-Isa, his name is Secretary General, has uh, given a speech recently saying that India is a great model for coexistence with Muslims after meeting um, the external affairs minister of India. So what are, what are they on? Uh, clearly, um, there's some Gulf agenda there because what we hear from the Muslims in India is always the opposite. We just read in the article there that the, the bulldozing of homes began restricted in a way restricted to Muslims. Okay. All right, let's read another article. Hopefully we won't get us banned from Hajj and Umrah. It says um, Saudi Arabia wants to return to a modern, Islam, moderate Islam. Okay. Others say this is a ploy. On the face of it, the statement made by the kingdom hopes that the ultra-conservative kingdom would finally give in to critics who have long demanded more liberties and tolerance, blah, blah, blah. In fact, the declaration might have more to do with the boosting of the kingdom's economy rather than reversing decade-old practices. Bin Salman's remarks about this on Tuesday at a conference and in interviews indicated that he was committed to combating extreme interpretations of Islam and focusing on economic reforms. 70% of the Saudis are younger than 30. We won't waste 30 years of our life combating extremist thoughts. We will destroy them now and immediately. We are simply reverting to what we followed, a moderate Islam open to the world and to all religions. In a, I'm just going to read it. I'm not going to comment because I, I need to go to Hajj and Omar. In subsequent interview with The Guardian, he unexpectedly blamed Saudi Arabia's arch enemy, the Shia, uh, for the kingdom's turn towards Wahhabism. Okay, ultra-conservative branch of Islam, which is being promoted by Riyadh, both domestically and abroad. What happened in the last 30 years is not Saudi Arabia. What happened in the region in the 30 years, last 30 years is not the Middle East. After the Iranian Revolution in 1979, people wanted to copy this model in different countries. One of them is Saudi Arabia. We didn't know how to deal with it, and the problem spread all over the world. Now, it's time to get rid of it, said Bin Salman. The Saudi state is deeply rooted in and has long been intimately entwined with Sunni Wahhabism. Muhammad Abdul Wahhab, the religious leader who founded the branch about three centuries ago, was a key ally of Muhammad ibn Saud, who was widely considered the founder of the Saudi state. Of course, there were three Saudi states. There was a small one, then they made a bigger one, then finally they conquered the whole thing. With the foundation of the modern Saudi state in the 20th century, Islam became the state religion with almost all clerics promoting the Saudi fu- the state-funded and government-supported Wahhabi branch. The same Islam was widely promoted in the Muslim countries, thanks to Saudi state's deep pockets. The sudden royal criticism of the kingdom's long-held religious practices provoked skepticism from critics of, Saudi, of the Saudi leadership. Madawi al-Rashid, a Middle East scholar at the London School of Economics, argued in an email that Saudi Arabia was not one of the many countries where moderate Islam turned ultra-conservative, but was said an exception. It is a unique case of radical religion becoming the official religion of the state and its legitimacy narrative, said Rashid, who cautioned that the Saudi leadership imprisoned clerics who had attempted to offer reinterpretations of Islamic texts, for example, how Islam and democracy are compatible. Rashid questioned 
whether the announced religious reforms would really be implemented. The announcements... Does this guy want to get himself banned? The announcements uh, are definitely geared to attract investors and create a feel-good factor for a kingdom that had a very bad reputation. It is unclear how a moderate Islam in Saudi Arabia would look like. But I think what Mohammed bin Salman is trying to mainly achieve is to send out a PR message that he is a Western ally in the fight against terrorism and that he stands for a modern future, said Sebastian Sanz, an associate fellow with the German Council of Foreign Relations. Bin Salman is 32. He has attempted to position himself as a favorite for the kingdom's younger citizens who are less religious and the, than the older citizens, older generations, and are facing disproportionately high unemployment rates. Bin Salman's Tuesday remarks about Islam in the kingdom were embedded in an announcement about the creation of a new futuristic city. Okay. In the west of Saudi Arabia, near the Jordanian and Egyptian borders. Designed to serve... Nothing is new about this, by the way. I mean... Right, like, am I? Did I get this wrong? Wrong. What is the date of this article? Oh, yeah. What, why am I reading this? I mean, this. Why did this come up? It's it's an old article. We all know this. Have you seen this, by the way? Read it. Okay, this is a tweet that says hashtag Saudi Arabia will be will be reclassifying hadiths. Hadith documentation project is ordered by Crown Prince bin Salman, who's against. Abbasid and Umayyad era hadiths. There's a couple of stuff like that's not that's 700 years of hadiths. Saudi Arabia are expected to give a com- compilation of the most authentic and verifiable hadiths. So this is going to be all like anti khuruj hadiths, I guess. Saying, uh, that apparently, uh, extremists misuse a lot of these hadiths, so they're doing a project. I don't know how accurate this is, by the way. I've seen a couple of yeah. Okay. And then he said, apparently he's a muhaddis. He's saying that there's three categories. The first one is mutawatir. Uh, and then, you know, there's gharib. Like, he just went through all that. Okay, so... <laughs> so, yeah, this, this this stuff is like, what's... It's not... It's an old stuff that was just rehashed, yeah, this, this, this article. I mean, I'm waiting for something new to happen, but anyone who's been in, up to date knows that this happened a long time ago. All this, this his claim about moderate Islam and all that stuff. Okay. Noah's telling us we can get a strike for showing this footage. Uh, what did we show? You know, the footage from other channels, like India oh, News or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Listen to this. Um, there is other piece of news that I want to share with everybody. This news is out of England, and this is Muslim current affairs. I okay. Okay. Um, Asad Ali, never heard of him. Don't know anything about him. But it is a piece of news uh, from the aspect of um, 
accountability. How would Muslims hold an imam accountable? The best way to do it is as a group. And Sheikh Asrar Rashid, Maulana Naveed Ashrafi, Maulana Hussein Qadri, Imam Adil Shahzad, Mufti Saqib Shami, Maulana Harun Rida, Maulana Muhammad Bilal, Sheikh Abu Hassan, Maulana Abu Zahra, or Abu Zahra, Al-Radawi, okay, Al-Rizvi. What did they say? On 11-7-2023, which was yesterday, Every, uh, July, you know, in England they put the month first, which actually just makes more sense. But on July 7th, 2023, every Muslim should abstain from indulging in things deemed immoral by the Sharia and the Imam or scholar in the community is more diver- deserving to uphold Islamic values. A statement by the ulama regarding Asad Ali. In light of Recent events concerning Asad Ali, wherein it has been proven beyond any reasonable doubt, and by his own admission, that he has engaged in certain immoral actions. He is deemed no longer fit to be the imam at any masjid. We hereby declare that Asad Ali must be relieved of any public duties, whatever they may be, and must not lead Muslims in prayer or teach or preach. Oh, subhanAllah. Asad Ali must not be given space on a public platform as it will be. This is, by the way, Sheikh Asrar's Instagram. It's not like an email that I hacked or anything. Something public already. It will only besmirch the reputation of organizations and other attendees if he is given a public platform. This is also to show our strong disapproval of such misdemeanors and to deliver a message to the public at large that we do not tolerate transgressions, especially by those who are seen as community leaders. It should also serve as a warning to others to be prudent in their dealings and to be mindful of the sharia at all times. We beseech Allah to protect us from the devil and the evil of our own egos. So for people who want to have an idea of what would accountability look like, this is how it would look. Where a large group of people, um, imams, are investigated something came to a conclusion, and are giving their testimony. People could do what they want to do. What did he do? It appears he was doing things that related to women. Yeah, I've been following for a while, actually. Um, so it's kind of like a strange topic. But I think, like, and, you know, people are asking, what did he do? Uh, I think the way it was handled was is how it should be. The yeah. ulama, they came together, they took care of it. Yeah. I think it was uh, Sheikh Mubin uh, Raza. I think you met him in England yep. when you went last time. He even mentioned this, I think, uh, I, don't, I forgot where you posted this. But, you know, he said, like, people were asking, and he said, you know, the Ottoman have handled this, so it's not for anyone to go beyond, like, go into what happened, you know, because uh, there's videos online of this stuff, by the way. Of, of What's his name? Uh, Asad Ali. Is it Muhammad Asad Ali? Or is that a different person? It's probably different. Maybe, I don't know. But uh, I've been following him for a while, uh, and... Maybe they learned from the, the case that happened. And he's an alim, actually, like... Is it Asad Ali or Muhammad Asad Ali? I, I, don't, I don't know his first name. But, you know, it's, it's something I don't think anyone should go into it. Yeah. Like, it's the only man took care of it. And you know, obviously it's human nature to be like, want to be nosy and find out about this stuff, watch his videos. But I think it's something that, yeah, it's Muhammad someone said. Or 
is is the same person because it might be a different person. I met this person. He's like a little bit younger. Uh, he does the Burda Mahfiz. Like I met him in Mecca. Yes. And Medina, I mean. He's the it's him. The this is they're talking about him. Yeah. He does. The he always comes on here too. Yeah, he does. Subhanallah, <laughs> what a sad thing. He does the Burda. What a sad thing. That's why I was like, I was gonna mention this, but I ended up saying we should. But you know. Oh, that's sad, really. Because I, I uh, see him all the time. Ryan and I used to listen to his qasidas all yeah, day. Ryan sends them. And he's, he has a really good... All day. And we met in Medina. Yeah. I'm very sad about the whole thing. Um, if I see Asra Rashid posting something, I know that, that it was investigated. Yeah. It was done thoroughly. And he had many, many other people on it. I I feel very sad about the whole thing, and I ask, and I hope yeah, that he could. Uh, it's tough because it's like you're in the middle ground, where kind of, but like well, you know how to handle with this, because like, you know he's he's an alim. They handled he, he studied, it. Studied, yeah. But the ulama have taken care of it, so they've taken care of it. Very very sad, subhanallah. And he made a statement though, like apparently the, he posted like about the whole situation, and uh, he made uh, you know in his statement he said like you know there were things that like I got set up or whatever. He wasn't too uh, descriptive. He said, you know, we have a whole case going on, so. Case? Legal I case? Think, I think, uh, I don't know about if it's a case, uh, but he said, like, he's not allowed to speak on the situation a lot. So, that tells you. Uh, so, there is a legal implication there. Yeah, I think Subhanallah. Legal, uh, maybe aspect to it. And he, has, he apparently has his side to it. I don't know. Like, that's about it. I'm very sad to it's hear about this. I mean, I, I didn't even know it was him. Time for open QA. Okay, open QA for a few minutes, then do I... Okay, open QA. Can't believe it's him. All right, put your oh, that's a great idea, Omar. QA, and he put a long line. I'm only answering the questions under the QA, the long line, because I don't want to go back up. Is Hajj's dua accepted for 40 days? Inshallah, it could be accepted for even more than that. But what we know that it is, you are considered a person of Hajj until you come back. From the moment you leave your door to go to Hajj until you all the way till you come back, you are considered upon Hajj. Okay. What do you mean stocks crypto? What is, crypto is permitted to, to do tijada with, through, through crypto. It's permitted to do tijada through crypto. 
Did America lose the war on terror? To be honest with you, they made it up. There was probably terror, but all these guys were... I don't want to get into that. People are going to be very upset with my take on what 9-11 was. But the war on terror is over. It's now the war with the kids and the schools and all that. Shay, can you bring some positive news next time, says Ministar. Is there? Islamic conquest. <laughs> no, I haven't seen that in a long time. Last time I saw it was on Earth to Rule. It was the only time I ever saw what an Islamic conquest looks like. Is it permissible to stop saying hello to a neighbor? Let, let's reverse it. What is the ruling on saying hello to a neighbor? Permissible or recommended. Right. No one's obligating you to say hi or to wave it to your neighbor. However, it's from the Sunan to have warm relations with your neighbors. Why? Because it makes life easier. To have bad relations with your neighbor in general is makru. Okay? It's makru. How do you fight shaitan actively? Much remembrance of Allah because we know that that's what uh, uh, literally burns the shaitan is dhikrillah. What else burns, uh, what else to protect from shaitan? We'll do. What else? Ilm. Having knowledge and having wudu, seeking knowledge always. That's how you defeat shaitan. How to revive a dead heart. The same three things that we mentioned. Suhbah. Be around the righteous. Stop arguing. Stop debating. Read the stories of the awliya. If you can't meet them, read their stories. How do you come to know Allah? By likewise the things of remembrance and knowledge. And contemplation. Try to you contemplate life. Like, why did this happen? What is the reason? What are the connections? How does Allah create? What's the position on consuming the food of Ahlul Kitab without question? Um, if Ahlul Kitab cut the neck in their slaughter, then you may consume it. But the only people who do that today are the Orthodox Jews. No Christian that I know, except maybe. The Amish slaughter, cut the neck. If I go to say in Christian Amish, cut the neck, then that is a valid slaughter in Islam. He's a Christian and he cut the neck. No worries about what he says. Then I would say Bismillah upon that and eat it. Because he cut the neck. Not any just being Christian is not enough. They must slaughter. Otherwise it's meta. Does it depend on like what type of Christian? Because obviously there's some Christians that are more true. Like there's Unitarians, obviously. Then we have the typical Trinitarians. No. Wouldn't they be like considered polytheists or just the No, Trinity's in the Quran. Oh yeah. yeah. Like it's it's critiqued in the Quran, but they're not re- removed from being Christians. When Ahl al-Hadith or Salafis discuss Aqidah, uh, shut it off. Click. And they say Aqidah of Ash'ari and Maturid are innovations. How to answer them? So, very simply, this is how you answer them. Why did the books of the Ash'aris and Maturidis have things in them that were not found in the words of the Sahaba? Is because they faced questions that didn't exist at the time of the Sahaba. We have fatawa in books of Islamic law on subjects that did not exist in the time of the Sahaba. Right? If the fatwa... If the issue didn't 
had existed in the time of the Sahaba, how would they have answered it? That's the question. They would have went to the Quran, went to the Hadith, used their minds, and answered it, right? That's the methodology of the Sahaba. Likewise, the Fuqaha afterwards used the methodology of the companions as taught by the Prophet ﷺ, to answer questions that did not exist in the time of the companions. So the first, maybe two first three generations did not face a certain issue, now we're facing it. In aqidah or in fiqh. Same thing. So that's why they are necessary innovations. And that's what a fatwa is in a sense. It is a new matter that has come down and it, we have been forced to answer it. Why do religious people say atheists can't find happiness? But what happiness is there in religion? Uh, you have to go around looking at the... Hey, could you hit the autofocus again on this thing? Because it always autofocuses on the mic. I see here the mic is really sharp. Just try it again. How do I learn Aqidah says Sayyidina Bilak? How do I learn Aqidah? You go to arcview.org and, st- and take the Aqidah classes. Go to arcview.org, sign up for Arcview Basic and take the Aqidah classes there. That's the whole point of Arcview, dot, uh, of Arcview is to be able to have something real quick that you can study and you can develop a relationship with the teachers too. Okay. What is the happiness in religion? The happiness in religion is something that cannot be found anywhere else if a person remembers Allah properly and obeys them properly Allah places a happiness in your heart and rectifies all your affairs you find yourself your family and your children's affairs are in order that does that mean there's no hardships no does that mean there's no bumping of heads every once in a while no um that is how that's how uh but that but but it'll be less right there's going to be bumping heads of course but less and the impact is less. And the duration of the fight is less. Siblings are always going to fight. They're always going to get in trouble. They're always going to do things like that. Husband and wife will always bump heads every once in a while. But it'll be the duration is less and the effect is less. It was Ibn Atta who said, as long as you live in this world, you'll taste grief and sadness. But for the, the awliya and for the salihin and the people who are on this path, it's going to be very minimal. Right? Just enough for you to be thankful that Allah... So just to remember that you're in the dunya, that's it. Okay. Uh, that's it. Allah places a, 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 a happiness and a sakina in your heart. And you have to get your aqidah right and you have to get your practice right. And you got to put in a strong effort. People say, says Zain Mahmoud, all these Muslims make dua for freedom of Palestine, deconstruction of Israel in Hajj, but it is not accepted. Why? It is not accepted now, may be accepted later. And a dua is only accepted if the conditions are met. And the conditions are action. Right? Uh, I get a bottle of water here. Oh Allah, quench my thirst. I can sit until tonight making dua. Oh Allah, quench my thirst. The fact that the bottle's here is Allah's answer. If I don't move my hand and drink, my, th- I, uh, my thirst won't be quenched. So the conditions is to understand that if the ability to act is there, that is the answer. So the, we're not acting. 
the are the governments doing anything to stop this? No. Did you study with Sheikh Sadiq? Can you speak of him for a bit? Yes, I did study with Sheikh Sadiq for a little bit, you know, for a, a while. And I studied Maliki Fiqh, and he represented the teachings of Murabit al-Hajj pretty much at the time that I was studying with him. I lost touch with him at the end of his life. I wasn't in touch with him at the end of his life. Uh, but in the beginning, things were really good. And he was somebody who represented that really pure chain of transmission of Maliki Fiqh. And he was against Ta'asub in, uh, between Madahib. Not that he would pick and choose. He's just stuck with the Maliki school all the time. But he was against Ta'asub and, you know, saying we're Malikis and all that. He said, no, say we're Muslims, right? And he was against that Ta'asub. And he was also against showing off. Um, and he didn't like titles. And he would always criticize people who come off with big titles. But in reality, they're, um, they didn't have much experience or knowledge in his view. Uh, and he was all about the Arabic language. He emphasized a lot the study of the Arabic language. Is it true that the Shafi'iyah believe it is permissible to kill monks in war? La adri. If the monk is fighting you, then yes. If the monk picks up arms, then yeah. Same with anyone else. The the categories that we're not allowed to fight, those are in the situation where they're not fighting. But the moment they pick up arms, we can fight them. How does one change his life in difficult circumstances? Is tahajjud a key? Yes, tahajjud, but also istishara. Ask people, why is my life negative in this? Why am I down? Why am I behind? And people have good advice. And in that case, sometimes they're not even Muslim, but they know how to handle these problems. So istishara, istikhara, tahajjud. Hassan Ahmed, can I read anything on behalf of a deceased family member? If the... Deceased is a Muslim. You may recite any Quran and it will be for them a um, intent for them to receive the reward. You may do that or give charity. Salman asks, what's the criterion that decides whether we can keep an animal in the house or not? The dog saliva, the dog has, it, it cannot be kept in the house because the Prophet wasallam had an appointment with Sayyidina Jibreel. Sayyidina Jibreel didn't come. The Prophet went out to look for him. The Prophet asked him what happened to the appointment. Jibreel said, there was a dog in the house and we angels do not enter if there's a dog in the house. Thereupon the presence of dogs as a pet in the house became forbidden. Irrespective of the saliva. It has nothing to do with their saliva being najis. Because in the Madiki school, the saliva is not najis and they still hold the dog is the only animal that is prohibited from being, uh, being kept in the house. Okay. As a pet. Of course, the urine and the defecation of any animal that eats meat, including herbivorous animals, herbivorous animals, if they become accustomed to eating meat, then their najasa, uh, their defecation is najis. So all the animals that we can eat that are halal for us to eat, their urine, their defecation is not najis. So goat, goat, goose. Lamb, sheep, cow. Their urine and defecation is not najis. However, if such an animal becomes known to eat najasa, then their urine and defecation becomes najis. 
in contrast, all of the animals that are meat eating, that are predators, their urine and defecation, that are makruh or haram for us to eat, their urine and defecation is najis. Not their saliva, their urine and defecation is najis. Okay, so a dog is forbidden to be a pet simply for that, because of that hadith, irrespective of their saliva and irrespective of if they urinate or not in the house. Is Salatul Hajjah authentic? Yes, there are references for Salatul Hajjah. You may do Salatul Hajjah. Um, I don't have that uh, resource at my at my disposal right now, the, the actual hadith, but Salatul Hajjah is well known and it can be done. Dua al Hajjah as well. Could you, there are two different ones, by the way. Could you please give a brief introduction and key difference in Ashari Maturid and Athari Aqida? Mm, okay, another time, inshallah. That's a big one. When an average common person, not Talib al meets a scholar, aside from requesting du'a, what can we talk to them about? You should have your question that you want summarized, crisp, easy, and you can ask it. That's the best thing that you can get from a scholar is knowledge. Okay, asking about Salat al-Hajjah again. Okay, let me look it up. I have it here. I've saved it. As a uh, the dua and and I'll just read it to you. Okay, here it is. There's two. One says, "Allahumma inni as'aluka." You pray two rakas. Make we do pray two rakas. Then. Recite this dua. Allahumma inni as'aluka wa atawajjahu ilayka bi Muhammadin nabiyyir rahma ya Muhammad inni qad tawajjahtu bika ila rabbi fi hajati hadhihi li tuqda Allahumma shaffi'hu fi This is well known hadith from Uthman ibn Hunayf. The next other dua al-haja is la ilaha illallahu al-halim al-kareem subhanallahi rabbil arsh al-azim alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen as'aluka mujibati rahmatik wa azaima maghfiratik wa al-ghanimata min kulli bir wa salamata min kulli ith la tad'ali dhanban illa ghafarta wa la hamman illa farrajta wa la hajatan hiya laka rida ridan illa qadaytaha ya arhamar rahimin so clearly obviously that is a long dua but that's what that long in terms of if you're hearing it for the first time. Okay. Bin Suleiman. Ya Ammu. Am I that? Do I look old? How should I how should I salam out as a Maliki leading my family in prayer and they're all ahnaf? You can give two salams, La One salam is even in the Hanafi school, it exits, it ends the prayer even for them. Uh, but you can also give two salams in the Maliki school. North Korean survivor, how do I know Islam is the truth? You know Islam is the truth by the prophecies of the Prophet ﷺ never being false and being true. Okay? But never false. In other words, the opposite never happens. There could be a prophecy of the Prophet ﷺ that hasn't happened yet. There is a prophecy of the Prophet ﷺ that happened before it was documented. That won't be a proof to you either because the skeptic could say they documented it. 
All right. Uh, it, there's no document that he said that. They, they said he said it. But then there is a middle category there of prophecies of the Prophet wasallam. He made the prophecy. It was documented. It, and it happened way after it was documented. That's the proof that we have. Okay. And then there's a fourth category, which must, if the Prophet wasallam is true, Okay. Can must stay empty, which is a prophecy that the prophet made and the opposite thing happens. That has to stay empty. And that's where all these uh, false prophets, they fail on that one. So when you look at a, a person who makes prophecies, you don't just look at what came true. You look at what turned out to be false. What was the opposite? For example, uh, Nostradamus' first prophecy that he made, he said that 300 years after my death, Europe will collapse into famine and the population will, will, will plummet. Well, the exact opposite happened. Exact opposite. Modernity developed and the European population went through the roof. Okay? So, khalas, done with. With the Prophet Muhammad wasallam, none of his prophecies turned out to be the opposite. And they were either true before documentation or true after documentation or they haven't happened yet. That's one of the ways. The other way is to look at the Qur'an and see about the statements in the Qur'an that we also know were not fathomly possible, were not possible, cannot be fathomed to have been written down and known by somebody of that century. The century in which it was written. The 7th century. You also know that Islam is the truth through experiences. This is stronger for the personal level, but it's not as strong as an argument. What I said so far is as strong as an argument. But from the personal standpoint, why do Muslims stay, stay firm to their religion? They, they hold on to their religion even when they don't have much knowledge. It's because the experience... When you practice this faith and this deen and you see the divine promises and they keep coming back to you and you realize that they were true. All the divine promises were true. Oh, have piety, obey me. I'll make your matters easy. I'll settle your heart. Is, not, is that not what people want? They just want their heart to be settled. I don't want to find myself chasing something I can't have nor regretting something that's happening to me. I want my heart to have sakina. Well, Allah is making an offer for you. By the remembrance of Allah with your tongue, with your body, with your deeds, you will find Sakina. So that's what we call spiritual experience. And anecdotal evidence. Anecdotal evidence is that this religion actually works. Here we have modern times and Islam is on the streets at the grassroots level getting stronger. I'm telling you, not surviving. It's getting stronger. Because when you have youth... And by the way, a lot of these, these studies that they say about the youth, I don't even believe them anymore, right? Because my eyes are seeing the exact opposite. Youth who have the opportunity to stare up haram all day, to look at haram all day, to do all these bad things, yet they're overcoming all of that in the height of the time when their, their desires and emotions and their, their temptations are at their highest. Yet they overcome all that, even if they fail. They still go to Islam. They fill in the masajid. That's what I'm seeing. You go to any masjid, you're going to see half of its youth. Any masjid around the world. I've never seen a masjid for Jum'ah where it's mostly old people. Oh, you see youth everywhere. 
And you see boys and girls. And you see them online, too, supporting the truth. Even if they have shortcomings personally, but where is their heart and where is their mind and where is their intent? That's what it matters. So that's anecdotal evidence. You see that it's working. It's the only religion left. I'm sorry to disrespect all those other faiths, but modernity has come around. All sorts of movements within modernity have come around and they've posed challenges to religions, one after the other after the other, and many of these religions have buckled. And now they're just names, right? Names, that's all it is. It's just like Presbyterian Church of New York. You go there and it's nothing other than a left-wing operation. They're talking socialism. They're talking, uh, they got the rainbow flag up. It's meaningless, right? There's actual no religion here. People say, know Allah. What does that mean? It means the first stage of knowing Allah is knowing his commands and knowing his prohibitions and knowing his attributes and living by them and contemplating them and then considering and contemplating how he acts in the creation. Okay. What are the patterns that you see? What are the promises in the Quran? Things like that. Go ahead. Permissibility of music. Uh, he, said, he said Imam Shaukani, Imam Ghazali, and Ibn Hazm permitted. No, no, no. Ghazali, I don't think permitted that in, instruments. I don't think he meant that. Um, he meant by that uh, the. I don't think that he specifically mentioned the instruments. Ibn Hazm delete right away. No offense to uh, those who love him, but he has many things that are off. Uh, and Shokani, I don't think that he permitted it. I think he wrote one of the best essays about it in which he mentioned some who had permitted it. But if you want to go with the Quran, then turn off the music because the Quran will leave your heart if you listen to too much music. Uh, brother says, go to the line. I asked the question right below the line, but I don't see the answer. I don't see your question, brother. So please just answer, uh, ask it again, and I'll get try to get to it. Um, it was I'll tell you right here. Who was it? That's why I don't like scrolling up and down. I lose my spot, and it just becomes random after that. That was YouTube. That's Hamza Aziz or Hamza Zay. Niqabi says, what is Sheikh's timetable every day? Well, the life of, um, in this world, in this type of work, is that your morning is you get your stuff done. Anything you need to do personally for yourself, you get it done in the morning. Once the noon hits, it's going to be some classes. There may be a break around Asr time, then you have the evening session. Not every day, though. You can't have evening sessions every day. And you do work Fridays nights and you work Sunday most of the day and you should take Saturday off I know an imam who works Saturday and Sunday I'm like this is too much you have to like your kids have soccer your kids have things to do you got to take one of the two days off but that's really what that life is like Juma is of course the most busiest day of the week for that but it's also a light day I think Juma is a light day um, in terms of the you're not teaching technical knowledge on Juma. 
anytime in Juma. And then after in the evening, it's always community things, which is also intellectually on the lighter side of things. But during the week is when you have to give the classes. Sheikh Asrar Rashid, I know that he teaches. He's not the Imam, but he of a mosque per se, but he teaches at a masjid and he teaches um, all day from like nine to five. Yes. The importance of Qasida and Nasheed, yeah, it softens the heart. It lightens the mood. You can't just always be at an intellectual level. It, and it, it, it creates some love for the Prophet ﷺ. Question says, what if you tried for years to maintain good relations with the neighbor, but they keep causing problems? You can give up. Yes, you can just ignore them. Nothing wrong with that. How do you explain and teach young boys to lower the gaze, especially at the pool? Well, first thing I would say, uh, don't take them to places where um, it's, it becomes impossible. If you want to create a habit that's good, try to get the environment on your side. Like who has, who is the most disciplined person? The one who doesn't have to be so disciplined, right? Like who is the person who never stole? The one who lives in a place where everyone locks their doors, right? Who is the one who steals the most? The place where people, you know, don't lock their doors, right? Because it becomes, whatever you make easy, the, the amount of discipline required is very high, Right? If something's easy to do, avoiding it requires a very high level of discipline. So you want to avoid that. You want to try to create a situation where they don't have to have so much discipline. It's not a form of terbiyah to tempt somebody and then make him create discipline within himself. No. If that happens in life, that happens. But if we have control over the situation, you want them to get so used to the disciplined life, the way they do that, is by you making it easy for them. So, if you have young boys and they go to the little pool and they're looking at people, then perhaps we are putting them in a situation setting up for failure. Right? How does one change his life? Difficult circumstances. Sahajid, we mentioned, we answered that question. Please tell me a count and time to recite a salat tunjina for marriage. If you recite it a hundred times a day, that's amazing. How do I know some things are assigned from Allah and answered dua for guidance and not just seeing me seeing what I want from my desires? Says Sati. The answer is if you're what you are asking for, if the causes, the asbab, what we call in Arabic the asbab, the causes that normally come before such an event. If they begin to appear, or then, then that is a sign of ijaba. So, for example, um, if you are making drop for wealth, and suddenly jobs open up for you, the asbab of the wealth is now present, right? Then that is an example of uh, ijaba. For you the asbab becomes easy that's a sign that allah is going to create what you asked for or going to manifest what you have asked for because allah ta'ala does not he all things are in the knowledge of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala already and he manifests them when he has willed okay next question 
Let's go to Instagram to see. Yes, go ahead. Assalamu Sheikh. How did you deal with sudden anxiety due to stressful event, uh, events, and at what point should we consider uh, therapy? Mm. I don't know the best answer of when to when is the best time to consider therapy. I don't know the best answer to that. To be quite honest with you, Allah Adam, when is the best time to consider therapy? I I, I guess when you can when you start feeling that you're not in a normal state anymore. But uh, you, you ask somebody else who who knows these things better than me. Go ahead. Traveling abroad for Islamic studies, like going to Azhar or Tarawin, practical nowadays, or should one get a job and study part-time domestically? Both are options. Everyone's life is going to be different. Your mic is on, right, Omar? So I don't have to repeat the question? Yeah, yeah, hey, Chief Latif, why don't you come to Dar al-Fat this summer? You've got a couple weeks left. can benefit. Why don't you come move up to New Jersey for a while? There's an apartment. Do you guys have room in the flat or no? We got they got room in the apartment. Come. How much is the rent? Acceptable? Yeah, if you come in it'll be less for everybody. Less rent. All right. Lily Rose says knowing Allah is also by knowing his prophets. Very good. Okay. Dua for anger, sadness, and depression. A salah on the Prophet wasallam removes all anxieties and, and fears and depressions and sadnesses. Okay. There's a question from Al-Yamama saying, how to deal with sudden anxiety due to stressful events? Oh, that's the question that we, you, you mentioned. Uh, I, I can tell you the spiritual side of it is heavy dosages of salah on the Prophet, specifically in the middle of the night. And tahajjud and du'a. But you can also may need personal therapy to talk to somebody who knows better. Right? Professionals, go to them if you feel that you have that need and see. But I think that that they should have the same baseline belief in Islam. They should know that you're a Muslim and they should also be people who are Muslim. My, if, if it's going to be intimate personal life therapy, I need a Muslim for that. If I meet obstacle after obstacle, could this be a spiritual issue or just qadr of Allah? It could be simply that Allah is testing us and strengthening us. When Allah tests a person, it's to strengthen them. Maghrib prayer is very late. I sometimes fall asleep and I pray qada because, uh, because Aisha is late. You try to treat it like fajr where you're going to pray maghrib if you fall asleep, you set your alarm for 1 a.m. or whatever where you can pray fetch on time. One more question. In the morning of God, we say, Radina billahi rabba, bil islami dinu bi Muhammadin Should I say, Radina billahi rabba or Raditu billahi rabba? However, it's written in the word. However, the Shaykh wrote it, say exactly how the Shaykh wrote it. Raditu billahi rabba. Raditu and Ratib, it's Radina. Yes. So both narrations exist. In the morning one, it's Raditu Billah Rabbi Islamidin of Satan. Mubi Muhammad Nabi. That's where Jal Latif. Ratib Shahir, Radina Billah Rabbi Islamidin of Muhammad Nabi. No, it's Raditu Billah Rabbi Islamidin of Muhammad Nabi. Yeah. 
Okay, that's, yeah. All right. Sadaqat, yeah. Does Allah get angry with those Muslims in haram relationships? The uh, Punishment, bad things are connected to sins. If you do sins, bad things are there. Bad things are there and they can happen. BMW, my question was skipped. Okay, we'll go to your question. What did BMW say on Instagram? And this will be from our last questions here. Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh. In prayer apps, some mosques follow Isna times. So, for example, 10 08 p.m. for Aisha, others follow Karachi setting, which shows 10 34 p.m. Which one do we follow? Whichever the message that you go to prays, you can pray with them. Fajr during Ramadan is more of an issue, it's more sensitive yeah. of an issue. That's when everyone comes out. Yeah. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, it is it is today, Wednesday, which is time for Ijabat al-Dua between Dhuhr and Asr. We will, as a result of that, now turn to um, we will now turn to the word that we tend to recite here. Okay. Which is not necess- This is not the word that will get is is connected in any way to the Nasr. It just happens to be a word that's recited after the You regularly. Okay. And then we will make we will pause for some dua because it is known that this hour is a time of ijabat dua so we're going to make dua at this time and we will recite this word and then make dua it's called hizbin nasr for victory and help and aid and then we'll pause for 5 minutes for each of us to make dua بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا إله إلا الله الملك الحق المبين 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 بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن فتحنا لك فتحا مبينا ليغفر لك الله ما تقدم من ذنبك وما تأخر ويتم نعمته عليك ويهديك صراطا مستقيما وينصرك الله نصرا عزيزا وكان عند الله وجيها وجيها في الدنيا والآخرة من المقربين وجهت وجهي للذي فطر السماوات والأرض بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نصر من الله وفتح قريب وبشر المؤمنين يا أيها الذين آمنوا كونوا أنصار الله كما قال عيسى بن مريم للحواريين من أنصاري إلى الله قال الحواريون نحن أنصار الله الله لا إله إلا هو الحي القيوم لا تأخذه سنة ولا نوم له ما في السماوات وما في الأرض من ذا الذي يشفع عنده إلا بإذنه يعلم ما بين أيديهم وما خلفهم ولا يحيطون بشيء من علمه إلا بما شاء وسع كرسيه السماوات والأرض ولا يؤده حفظهما وهو العلي العظيم 
آمن بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لو أنزلنا هذا القرآن على جابل لرأيته خاشعا متصدعا من خشية الله وتلك الأمتان نضربها للناس لعلهم يتفكرون هو الله الذي لا إله إلا هو عالم الغيب والشهادة والرحمن الرحيم هو الله الذي لا إله إلا هو المالك القدوس السلام المؤمن المهيمن العزيز الجبار المتكبر سبحان الله عما يشركون هو الله الخالق البارئ المصور له الأسماء الحسنى يسبح له ما في السماوات والأرض وهو العزيز الحكيم أعيد نفسي بالله تعالى من كل ما يسمع بأذنين ويبصر بعينين ويمشي برجلين ويبطش بيدين ويتكلم شافتين حصنت نفسي بالله الخالق الأكبر شري ما أخاف وأحذر من الجن والإنس ويحضرون عز جاره وجل ثناؤه وتقدست أسماؤه ولا إله غيره اللهم نجعلك في نور عدائي بعوذ بك من شرورهم وتهيولهم ومكرهم ومكائدهم أطفئ نار من أراد بعداوة من الجن والإنس يا حافظ يا حفيظ يا كافي يا محيط سبحانك يا رب ما أعظم شأنك وعز سلطانك تحصنت بالله وبأسماء الله وبآيات الله وبملائكة الله وأنبياء الله ورسل الله والصالحين من عباد الله حصنت نفسي بلا إله إلا الله محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم اللهم احرسني بعينك التي لا تنام واكنفني بكنفك الذي لا يرام وارحمني بقدرتك علي فلا أهلك وأنت الثقتي ورجائي يا غياث المستغيثين يا غياث المستغيثين يا غياث المستغيثين يا دارك الهالكين يا دارك الهالكين يا دارك الهالكين اكفني شرك لطارق يطرق بليل أو نهار إلا طارق يطرق بخير إنك لكل شيء قدير بسم الله أرقي نفسي من كل ما يؤذي ومن كل حاسد الله شفائي بسم الله رقيت اللهم رب الناس أذهب الباس اشفي أنت الشافي وعافي أنت المعافي لا شفاء إلا شفاءك شفاء لا يغادر السقم ولا الأمام يا كافي يا وافي يا حميد يا مجيد ارفع عني كل تعب شديد واكفني من الحديد والحديد والمرض الشديد والجيش العديد واجعل لي نورا من نورك وعزا من عزك ونصرا من نصرك وبهاء من بهائك وعطاء من عطائك وحراسة من حراستك وتأييدا من تأييدك يا ذا الجلال والإكرام والمواهب العظام أسألك أن تكفيني من شر كل ذي شر إنك أنت الله الخالق الأكبر وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وعلى وآله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا طيبا مباركا فيه والحمد لله رب العالمين ظاهرا وباطنا وعلى كل حال يا أرحم الراحمين Shall we take a few minutes for silent dua
Allahu barak ala sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun wa salamun ala al-mursalin walhamdulillahi rabbil alamin